The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Special Counsel Jack Smith asking the U.S. Supreme Court to quickly rule on former President Trump's claim that he has immunity from prosecution of anything he did while in office, particularly his role in the January 6th attack at the Capitol. We have more from Justin Finch in Washington. In a separate filing, Smith's office says at the trial it plans to call three experts who review data from Trump's phone. Data that includes periods of time when Trump's Twitter app was open during the January 6th attack. Suggesting Smith's team will try to show Trump's role in communicating with the rioters. The Trump campaign accuses Smith of trying to interfere in the 2024 election. Justin Finch in Washington, the Supreme Court says it will rule in what it's calling an extraordinary request. One poll saying a presidential candidate, Nikki Haley, leads President Biden in a head-to-head race, Blake Berman, with more. Time and time again on the Hill, when we have here from Democrats, they, I would say one of the key themes in all this when, when we go through polls is they say, you know what, Nikki Haley's the one who really scares me. And when you see that, I mean, my gosh, that's not even close. That's not even like kind of sort of walking around the margin of error. Um, and if you're a Republican and you're an undecided Republican, maybe you look at that. Maybe that, you know, could sort of you can you make the electability argument. Maybe that changes your mind. According to the new poll, Haley would also significantly outperform DeSantis against Biden. Here at home, 31-year-old Matthew Gerwitz sentenced to 65 years to life in prison, the maximum allowed yesterday for the murder of a 32-year-old man and attempted murder of six city of police, city of Tonawanda police officers in 2020. On May 26th of that year, Gerwitz killed 32-year-old Joseph Morasco outside his apartment on Morgan Street. Gerwitz fled, then returned to the scene hours later to fire shots at officers. Next thing you know, he pulls out an assault weapon, which was a ghost gun that he made himself, and starts shooting at the city of Tanawana police officers. Hits one of them. Then somehow gets down the stairs, runs, gets in his car, takes off, and now we're in a high-speed chase going through the city of Tonawanda, where again, these guys in the city of Tonawanda did a great job by minimizing the potential damage of a high-speed pursuit by being able to expertly drive and bump him off the road with the car and get him secured and get him arrested. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn. After the shooting took place, police chased Gerwitz, who threw the gun he made himself out of the car before police rammed him and ended the chase. He was found guilty of first-degree murder, six counts of first-degree attempted murder, two counts of second-degree criminal possession of a weapon, and three counts of third-degree criminal possession of a weapon. Wow. Uh, Yeah, remember being at that scene in the city of Tonawanda and just how chaotic it looked, how wide it was and coming to an end yesterday. Well, a new CBS News series looking at the COVID generation of students impacted by lockdowns. One lasting impact of the pandemic? Chronic school absences. In Louisville, Kentucky, Chris Lance is part of the attendance team, making up to 30 house calls a week searching for chronically absent students. First stop of the day, yep. what happened? No answer. No answer again? No answer again. Same. Same thing. Chronic absenteeism, defined as at least 10 absences within the school year, has always been an issue here. But since the pandemic, 38% more students are missing weeks, sometimes months of school. That's correspondent Meg Oliver 
with that report. We'll be hearing more from her coming up in the next several days. Cold and flu season is here, and parents now on the lookout for another virus that could have a serious impact. WBN's Max Ferry has more on the spread of RSV. As the cold and flu season trudges on, our local doctors are noticing increases in hospitalizations stemming from different respiratory illnesses, such as respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV. For many, RSV is uniform to the common cold and shouldn't require a trip to the urgent care or the hospital. However, for young in and the elderly, it could surface serious breathing problems. The younger the, the baby, the more difficulty that they, they tend to have. What we see a lot in infants with RSV is that they will be coughing a lot, kind of choking. They have a lot of mucus. They'll definitely have a, a runny nose. But parents will often hear wheezing. They can struggle to breathe and sometimes can work so hard to breathe that they get themselves dehydrated, that they're really not able to, to drink. Dr. Kathleen Grisanti, medical director and operator of pediatric and adolescent urgent care of Western New York. Dr. Grisanti says that medical doctors test children usually under the age of one and children under the age of six months are at the highest risk of RSV. RSV can be dangerous in infants who are still developing their strength and their immune systems and is the leading cause of hospitalization in babies aged one or younger. Prevention is key, according to the doctor. The best thing is prevention and trying not to have them exposed keeping the infant's nose as free and clear as you can, pushing the fluids on them, maintaining well hydration, keeping their temperature under control. Always tell parents is to monitor that they're not breathing too hard, too fast, any blueness or signs of dehydration. Those are all things that are, are worrisome and, and would warrant um, a visit. You can hear the full conversation at WBEN.com. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thank you. It's the busiest time of the holiday shopping season. Malls across western New York? Well, they're not what they used to be. WBEN's Tom Puckett takes a look at the Eastern Hills Mall, which has sent notice to stores that their time's running out. Patricia Connor at Pure Integrity Candles says the holiday season has been a good one at her Eastern Hills Mall store. And not just there. We have an online presence, we have an Amazon presence, and then we also ship all over the country. And people locally that know our candles uh, come right here to purchase them. So we actually do pretty good. Connor says while other tenants received eviction notices, her store is being moved to a location with an exterior entrance, allowing her to stay. Keith Mann at Mr. Christmas says he's been hyper-focused on Christmas this season. We're also given an eviction notice, but we've since been sort of promised to be able to stay in the spot that we're at because we have a back entrance to the to the front of the mall and we're going to try and figure out how to adjust how to how to utilize and reorganize the space that we already have man has noticed a slowdown in foot traffic this season he says he's had offers to move out but those offers have been non-starters to him find out why online tom puckett wben.com news all right tom thanks seems like Stores that have an exterior entrance seem to be able to stay longer. They're open. I, and, you know, despite all this, the Eastern Hills Mall still 
might have more activity than some of the other ones. And that could even be changing further. Get this, one historic department store chain for sale. An investor group is looking to buy Macy's. The Wall Street Journal says the group is offering nearly $6 billion for the landmark department store chain, which is now comprised of its heritage stores, including New York's Herald Square flagship, which bills itself as the world's largest store, as well as a number of former regional department store chains. Macy's, which also owns Bloomingdale's and Cosmetics, and spa chain Blue Mercury has closed hundreds of locations in the last few years. Daria Albinger, ABC News. So to kind of tie this all together, over the weekend I was doing Christmas shopping. That was my uh, my wife was with uh, our oldest son going out to a birthday party. She's like, all right, you have to go and get uh, like the one or two last Christmas gifts that are on the list. The list. I went to the mall because, believe it or not, they still do have, you know, some things in the mall. But Eastern I, Hills? Boulevard. Boulevard. Oh. I was – I went in at Penny's, which, you know, had – it looked like Penny's. Maybe a little bit more disheveled than you – but, you know, it still looked like Penny's. Then I walked from Penny's to uh, Macy's. Oh. Um, my wife laughed at me because when I told her where I got the gift, I called it Kaufman's. And she's like, what? <laughs> Kaufman's? And like, yeah, I guess I sound like an old person now. Uh, but yeah. walking from Penny's to Macy's, it was like being on Main Street downtown 20 years ago. It, Yeah. There is no right. store Nothing. open. It's dark. I'm like, where, should I, am I allowed to be here? I felt the last time I went through that mall... I felt like it was apocalyptic. Like it really, you felt like what happened here. It, it really does have that uh, have that feel. I, now here's the thing: you, you know, Penny's had all their stuff. You go into Macy's, and they've got the best toy section, you know, ever because they've got some deal with the Toys R Us brand. So they got a bunch. Of, I I found what I needed to at the mall, despite there being nothing there, which is amazing. Yeah. I'll tell you, the Boulevard Mall, the quickest to fall apart. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems like it took Eastern Hills a decade. Right. Galleria is still hanging on. Oh, yeah. Um, Boulevard, it seems like 2018, there was still stuff to do. 2023, what happened? Right. Now, <laughs> depending on who you ask, that's a good thing. Right? They're, they're clearing the way. They're right. able oh, yeah. to do it a lot easier and just everything out of there and get the new stuff in. And H&M, the next one to close right, right after the holidays. Hot Topic isn't open there anymore. I know they opened in the... Uh, Niagara Falls Mall because I wanted to get a kiss shirt for my son. I figured like oh, that would yeah. be the place to have a. They were one of the last ones too. Kiss shirt. One of the last ones hanging on. Uh, but wasn't open. Did you go to the Bridge Club? They do have a Bridge Club at the Boulevard <laughs> no, Mall. I did not have time to play Bridge. I was uh, running errands all over oh town. <laughs> Your exclusive WBEN seven weather forecast. Winds will be strong today, gusting forty to fifty miles per hour, with temperatures in the low forties this afternoon. For tonight, mostly cloudy with a cool breeze. Overnight lows in the 20s on Wednesday. Partly sunny mid-30s. Back to near 40 on Thursday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line this morning, Oshai Children's Hospital President Dr. Stephen Turkovich. Uh, Dr. Turkovich, thanks so much for being on with us this morning. We're talking about RSV and kids. And I, I don't know if this is something you see day to day, but I get the sense that RSV is now the thing that parents are more fearful of, more aware of than the flu. 
Well, unfortunately, it is something we see every single day. Uh, over the last week or so, or week, we saw about 126 kids admitted to the hospital with RSV and over 250 in the emergency room testing positive. So RSV is the most prevalent respiratory virus right now. It's this time of year that we typically see it. Um, last year was a little bit earlier than usual, but we've sort of fallen into our normal seasonal pattern. Uh, and unfortunately, it's causing a pretty significant burden of disease in the youngest of children. Why is it impacting them so much, more than others? Well, RSV is a respiratory virus that affects the bronchioles, which are the very small airways within deep within the lungs. And what it causes is inflammation and significant mucus buildup in those airways. And because they're so small, it doesn't take a lot of inflammation or swelling or mucus to clog them up. And it causes this bronchiolitis or a viral pneumonia, which causes uh, significant breathing difficulties for babies. Many of them require additional oxygen and IV fluids to help them with their dehydration. So this is something that, you know, when it uh, presents in your child, could be very worrisome to parents. What are some of those warning signs of when something that might uh, be, you might think initially is just kind of an average sickness, is something to be alarmed about it and really contact a doctor? Yeah, it typically starts, as you said, as an average sort of cold with congestion, some cough, and maybe some fever. But some babies do develop some significant respiratory distress, which is breathing fast, your lips or your fingers kind of turning blue, working really hard to breathe, so looking like your ribs are getting sucked in. Um, and because you're working so hard to breathe and focusing on that, it's sometimes uh, difficult to feed. So they become dehydrated and have decreased urine output related to that. Um, so generally, kids look very, very sick when they've got this RSV bronchiolitis that's really turned into something more severe. I know there is an RSV vaccine. Who's eligible for it? Well, there's actually three different vaccines out there right now. The, the first one is uh, for older people, 65 and older. Uh, RSV can cause a significant pneumonia in, in older individuals as well. So that's the most widely uh, available vaccine. The second one is a vaccine available for pregnant women, and it's designed to be given towards the end of pregnancy so that those antibodies for RSV um, will then transfer into the baby and protect the baby shortly after birth. The third one is available for babies uh, that are just born. Unfortunately, the availability of that vaccine this year is, is pretty low. Uh, many hospitals don't have significant supply and are limiting it to those that are at highest risk, so those that are premature, have underlying chronic or, or uh, lung or heart disease. Um, but next year, we do hope that that one is much more widely available, and we won't be having this conversation next year because there won't be significant uh, admissions to the hospital with RSV. Uh, is that maybe the reason, because it's in shorter supply, that you don't hear as much of this? You hear about the flu shot for kids you know, every single year, but uh, maybe not so much the RSV shot. Yeah, you know, it, it was just approved. It came onto the market just before RSV season. Um, and like when we saw COVID rollout, there was real significant limited supply. Um, so it may be why you do see commercials, especially for the uh, vaccine for the older individuals. So I certainly would recommend that. Um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's an ugly illness in, in any age, but at either end of the spectrum, youngest and oldest, it can cause significant disease. And by protecting um, older people, you're actually going to prevent some transmission to younger kids. And with the holidays coming up, it's, it's important to make sure everybody's protected and not sharing their germs. You know, I've heard of a, a new treatment when there's, you know, severe cases and, and babies, infants and toddlers are in the hospital. It involves a turtle shell. Is that something that you're using at Oshai? 
Yes. So the, the, the way to think about it, those that uh, remember polio and the iron lung, it's similar to that. Um, and so basically it's, it's a turtle shell that we put on and it helps exert pressure onto the rib cage and helps the, the body lift uh, up the rib cage and then bring air in. Um, so it really does help prevent sometimes the need to go on a ventilator, uh, which is really great because being on a ventilator can cause significant trauma to your airways and to your lungs. Um, but that's one of actually many treatments that we have that are available that uh, we've used in order to prevent the need for ventilators uh, in babies. That's uh, really interesting how that's uh, all done and uh, some of the ingenious ways that doctors have figured out ways to help kids. Uh, you mentioned it, we're kind of in the season right now. How much longer does that go for? Um, and how much longer do uh, folks need to really have their guard up? Well, that's a great question. You know, generally it, it's a, about a month ramp up to a peak and then a, a month sort of coming down. So it's usually a two-month cycle. Um, we're, we're certainly on the upward trajectory of that. Uh, each year is a little bit different. We're seeing the flu now start to increase as well. So that's compounding the RSV uh, volume that we're seeing. And actually, we're also seeing increases in COVID as well. Um, so all three of those viruses are on the increase. The hope is that we're near the peak, but uh, as I said, each year is different and we're not quite sure when that's gonna happen. My guess is that over the holidays, there's gonna be significant circulation of both uh, RSV, the flu, and also COVID. Uh, We were talking in uh, the past year or maybe two years of this kind of like a whiplash, so to speak, where so long uh, families had not been exposed to anybody, right? You know, you're keeping to yourself uh, in 2020, not getting out there, not being exposed to things. And there was in 2021 and maybe even a little bit later on, you're seeing kind of like the bounce back of that of, you know, well, you weren't exposed to these virus. Now everybody is getting it. You didn't have the immune system buildup. Are we still seeing a bit of that? Yeah, you know, with RSV, I think that's definitely the story there. Uh, you know, the flu is different every year with the, the circulating virus that's out there. Uh, COVID, I think you're actually seeing the opposite in that, you know, we compare ourselves to a few years ago when the COVID numbers were extremely high. Um, They're not that high as they were in the past because I think everybody has been exposed. People have been vaccinated. Um, So that is the good news. What we are seeing is the kids admitted are those that are the youngest ones. So either haven't been vaccinated or haven't been exposed yet to the virus. So there's always going to be this population of people that are vulnerable to, to viruses. And the longer your body goes without seeing this, um, the less it remembers what it was. And I think that's what's happening, especially with RSV uh, being so prevalent. What's your best advice, Dr. Turkovich, as we're just starting to get into the holidays and those get-togethers? Well, first, vaccinate. Uh, as I said, the flu is on the rise. It's a good time to get vaccinated now. Um, if you're eligible for any of those RSV vaccines and you can get one of those, get those. Get your COVID booster. Um, and then also, if you're sick, stay home. Wear a mask if you're going outside. Um, in the public because we obviously don't want to be sharing our respiratory droplets, which contain millions of these viral particles. Uh, Those are the most important things, and always wash your hands. All right. Dr. Turkovich, thanks so much. Dr. Stephen Turkovich is president at Oshai Children's Hospital, joining us live this morning. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.